The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, Episode 31. General West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous, but this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berezini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. All right. Today um, on Secrets of Stargate, we're going to be discussing uh, the 10th episode of Season 2 entitled Bane. Uh, did you want to give us a quick little summary of that episode, Victor? Oh, I'd, I'd be very happy to. One morning, as Teal'c was waking up from anxious dreams while visiting the Plaza of Nations, located at 750 Pacific Boulevard, Vancouver, Canada, he discovered that he had been changed into a monstrous, verminous bug. Actually, the planet is BP-6-3Q1, uh, and until very recently the home of an advanced civilization of humans who were wiped out by a swarm of monstrous, verminous bugs. Teal'c is stung and immediately gets very sick. Back at SG-1, Dr. Frazier is sidelined when she calls in an infectious disease specialist, Dr. Harlow, played by a legendary character actor Scott Hylands, who has never been on Nightman, unfortunately. <laughs> Harlow quickly deduces that Teal'c is turning into a bug. The episode picks up uh, when Mayborn makes an appearance. Mayborn and Jax are a few cute uh, frenemy moments and spirits Teal'c away so that the NIH can do gain-of-function research on the venom and thereby turn it into a bioweapon against <laughs> the Gould. <laughs> After setting a symbiote free, you know, if you love something, set it free, Teal'c escapes to the gritty south side of Colorado Springs and meets up with a spunky, street-smart, sassy, wise-beyond-her-years, wise-cracking, movie-literate, squirt-gun-loving, latchkey preteen Allie. Allie likes the way Teal'c smells, so she feeds him nuts and caramel, and Teal'c starts to spin a cocoon. Soon he will turn into not just one bug, but many bugs. This will start a bugdemic, which will rain shock and terror down on the earth. Harlow comes up with some sort of RNA vaccine for Teal'c, while Dr. Fraser hooks his symbiote up to a battery backup to keep it alive, and the day is saved. So, Victor, how long did it take to come up with the sting pun? If you love him, set, it free, set him free. Oh, no. It was unintentional. That? That's a song no. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is, and I that call myself better. a sting fan. <laughs> yeah, wow. No, wow. Good good catch there. I thought that was like a deep cut. I'm like, oh, too much, too much. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's summary. Well, right Father Corey, if, it, if it's a pun, it's only because I'm walking in your footsteps. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that summary right there was more entertaining than the whole episode, I feel like. Yeah. It, okay. <laughs> speaking of puns, I got to say it. Yeah, this episode was the bane of my existence. Yeah. There was a lot of things about the plot that really bugged me. So Yeah. <laughs> uh it shows you how this episode's gonna go. Yeah. It's, one of, it's one of those episodes. It is. It's definitely uh it, it falls into that 
trope that I feel like we get in every single, especially like 90s sci-fi show of the, like the body horror where someone mm-hmm. transforms beyond any sort of reasonable, like, yeah, suspension of disbelief. You could get him back. It's like, if he's to the point where he's like molting and like oozing, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's not, re- there's no going back from there, no matter how good your RNA uh, medicine is. Yeah, or or de-evolved into a dinosaur or a ferret or whatever, or lemur or whatever. Or a salamander or... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At least least Star Trek, they could do the... uh, Well, we could just put them in the transporter and, you know, use their pattern buffer memory bank to fix the problem. It's just a backup, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it was... uh, One thing I did like about this uh, was that... That planet they went to was not just a bit of forest in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Nope. But unfortunately, we really don't get any sort of action on the planet, which I, I was really hoping there would there'd be something else to that. But you just kind of get a brief glimpse of it, and then they're back through the Stargate yeah. for the majority of the episode. Yeah, they, they go on the Bug Witch Project footage. Yeah. And they, they, don't, they, don't even, they don't even show the, the, the planet, like the Stargate on the planet. It's literally all dial as they're running off screen running past yeah, the camera it, it's it's in a corner of a matte painting that they that they get at the beginning yeah and it's and it's another one of these like ruined advanced civilizations that sg1 just missed by like a few days or a few yep. weeks we're not really clear the <laughs> fact that there's still people changing on the planet indicates that they like maybe missed like the start of the bug demic there by i don't know a couple of weeks tops and there, so there, it's there, like well there could be people off in like some isolated corner like their version of montana you know that that they're they're surviving, but of course SG one doesn't know that because they're only in the city. Mm-hmm. It also makes me wonder that if there's this advanced civilization on this city and they have the Stargate sitting right there, would they not know how to use it and escape? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we we've seen that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they were getting everyone off to their version of the Alpha site that was important. You know, that's true. The best and the brightest. Yeah, left. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, I like body horror, so it was it was fun from that angle. Oh, we were eating dinner while watching it, which was really <laughs> yeah. a good choice. Mm. They they showed a remarkable amount of restraint when when Dr. Frazier's oh, like yeah. poking at the wounds and there's that big hole, you're like, "Okay, this is going to be like those videos the that popper. Oh. Yep, that horrible people post on the internet. Yeah. Oh man. But they they didn't, and so that's to their credit, I think. Yeah, but if they remade this now, oh you oh, know, yeah. Yeah. there'd be some massive pushing. There'd be flies. There'd be little oh, you know yeah. baby flies coming out of it or something, you know. Yeah. And also like Teal'c would like eat Allie or something. <laughs> yeah. Which I might be okay with. Oh no, I like her. <laughs> Ah, uh, no, she's oh like, my gosh, yeah, an annoying <laughs> now, artful so, Dodger character. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now, Victor and Lisa, of course, she should look familiar because oh, yeah. we're going to yeah. see the actress again later. The moment she um, oh, who does she play? My kids went Cassandra. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, Colleen. Oh, teenage Colleen Cassandra. Renison, that's right. Who played Allison will later come back as teenage Cassandra Fraser. Nice. So. It's funny that ah, they, okay. yeah, that yeah. they would bring her back for that. Having when she's in a different role, but that's the when I when she first came on screen, I thought for a second, I was like, Wait, is that is that Cassandra just randomly hanging out in an alley? But <laughs> yeah. so it's funny they cast that, but I think yeah. she kind of had more lines 
in this episode than she does when she comes back as teenage Cassandra. I I think so. Could be more lines as as Poochie in this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is her character. Is you could tell that you know the writer was watching like Leon the Professional, like a Luc Besson film, or mm. maybe like La Cité de Enfance Perdue by Caro and Jeunet. You know where you have like these streetwise you know, pre-teenage girls who who team up with, like, the monstrous, you know, um, oaf of a guy and uh, very 90s-type uh, character. And mm-hmm. when she first appears, I just, I let out an audible sigh. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that episode. Yeah. Also, kids, don't grab a squirt gun and run around abandoned buildings, jumping through doorways and saying, bang, you're dead, or whatever she yeah. was saying. <laughs> Well, especially since it's supposed to be the slums of, I guess, Denver, Colorado Springs. Yeah. Is it supposed to be Colorado yeah, the, Springs? The, I mean, yeah, the, the yeah, the. I mean, I, mean, I know the Colorado South Springs is a decent-sized yeah. town, but I didn't realize it was that big to have like slums. It's it's a really nice town. There's nowhere in Colorado Springs that looks like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They have the nicest Amtrak station I think you're ever going to see. <laughs> It would have been more believable if he had like stumbled into like the vegan granola shop and someone helped him there. Yeah. Yeah. And it just turned into an episode of Portlandia or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, I, I mean, I've been to Denver and Denver does have some some very rough neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, it's got yeah. some places you don't go and that's where I could believe it more. But I just I've never been to Port, uh, Colorado Springs. So I don't know. Do they actually have like skyscrapers like they show at the, you know, when they first show it? No. Because that's I thought was supposed to be more like the Denver skyline, although it no. probably was still the Vancouver okay. skyline. Yeah, no, they don't really have a lot of architecture like that. It's pretty flat city. Mm. So, but yeah, um, and I'll then, say it's eighty miles. So Teal'c without a symbiote could he have run eighty miles from Cheyenne Mountain to? Well, we don't know how far down the road he was. He was sure. within like a ten mile perimeter, probably. So assume he had to run seventy miles to Denver. Eh, it's possible. Depends on what the yeah. bug, what the the bug DNA does. Yeah. What the bug juice does, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we get the we get the street the the youths on the street listening to their hippity hop music and and asking about Teal's tattoo, which which he does get off a good line there. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'll take the old Chevy though that they're sitting on. That was a pretty sweet looking car. Yeah, <laughs> or something he's explaining that it's pure what melted gold or whatever. And I'm thinking, do you know what the yeah. price of gold is right now? You do not yeah. bragging about that. <laughs> You go cut that out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like they carve, they carve into his forehead with the uh, ceremonial knife and they pour the gold in there. And mm. I like that. Uh, so not only does he get gold poured in his forehead, he has a gold inside his stomach. So oh. it kind of fits. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. It's poetic. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this episode. So, so let's get back to the, the frenemy, our favorite frenemy. Oh yeah. Yes. Mayborn, yeah, Colonel Mayborn. Spot. That's that's the best part because I, I love you know Jack's reaction. Sir, permission to knock him to punch him out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And, and later, and Mayborn later reminds Mayborn, him. Yeah. Later, later Mayborn yeah. says, "You know, it's a court martial offense to punch an officer." It's like, who's anything about punching? I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot you. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm not gonna punch uh, you. I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, the two of them is is together is probably one of the best part of this episode. Is yeah, definitely. Scenes. And I did like how um. They brought in uh, Sam's old teacher, uh, Dr. Timothy Harlow. Um, mm-hmm. 
And the thought, the part I thought was funny was that they set him up like he's supposed to be like in the wrong, but he's being completely 100% reasonable about what they should do with Teal and they're mad mm-hmm. at him. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. he's, yeah. he's not, yeah. it's not wrong. I mean, it, it sucks, but that's part of life. It's like the doctor in a pharmaceutical commercial. He's like, I'm, you should trust me because I'm the medical. Yeah. He's, you know, he's an older medical yeah. or older distinguished looking gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. He has some really good lines uh, as well. You know, of course, equal matter conversion. When (laughs) he's deducing that that because Teal'c is big, he will have many bugs inside of him rather than (laughs) which I mean, you know, the bugs might need energy, you know, so they might be eating Teal'c like the, you know, tarantula wasp larva do, you know, before they burst out of them. So it's it's you can't just assume that there's going to be like, you know, 100 kilograms worth of bugs flying out of them. Well, right. And so like the life cycle of the bug is. They sting you, and then their DNA turns you into a bunch of little bugs, and then they fly off. And I guess the implication is in their natural environment, they it's like a one-to-one transfer where they just sting something their size. But with larger animals, you just get more bugs. But I do like how they say for when Teal'c is going to turn into the bugs, like he'll turn into a lot of bugs. But when you see the like their shaky cam video, which is all you get on the planet when they're going back to get a bug so that they can test its DNA... Yeah. It turns into like four bugs. It's not that many. Yeah. I, I, I got the impression it was it was more. But yeah, let's go back to the planet with armor piercing bugs and let's wear like, you know, mm-hmm. army surplus store gas mask, yeah. but no body armor. Let's have lots of exposed skin and like, yeah. Yeah. That Mayborn's troops at least were wearing some sort of body armor, you know? Yeah. Well, I had to laugh when, when the uh, going back to uh, Timothy, Dr. Harlow, uh, when he talked about, you know, the, the, the matter exchange, whatever, all I could think of was full metal alchemist brotherhood equivalent oh, exchange. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. That would have been, that would have been a more fun episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bugs work on alchemy. I do like also their, uh, um, their cost saving measure to have like just the bug sound effects kind of panning back and forth in stereo and everyone's just kind of looking around, but then yeah. you don't, you don't see them that often. Well, like, well, like in the, we do get the gate room. You finally get to. Yeah. That's even yeah. then you get you, you hear the bug, but you don't see it for a while. And Jack takes his we, mask off. Should mm-hmm. they just not have zatted the bug? Like, what, what was that? Oh, that was a good idea. But, yeah, that, that, that's more thought than I think the writers put into this one. Yeah. I, was just like, you I did like the little bug chase cam, though. Ish, you know, that work. You don't have to actually. Well, that's. It's funny. This was written by Robert C. Cooper, who usually has some pretty good scripts. Yeah. This, this must be not so much. <laughs> this is one of oh, those fillers. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And Allie gets gets the worst lines of the episode because she's like, what, 10? And, and so but she's watched The Godfather and uh, like The Fugitive and all these movies. And it's just like. Oh yeah, and the first thing she's like, "You look like you could spend a few more days in rehab," which I'm probably going to work into conversations in my real life as well. <laughs> <laughs> you look worse than my dad did after he got shot and he died. Yeah, you weren't going to save any of those for the, the end of the episode. I'm, oh, there's your more. sign up. <laughs> well, there's more. I, I well, I had to, I had to laugh because she says, "You look like you're a Kimball." And oh my gosh! And it's like oh, you know, the fugitive. 
Dr. Richard Kimball, it's like, you know, I like the I liked the uh, Harrison Ford version of the movie, which came out about five years before this. I don't remember anybody talking about a fugitive being a Kimball ever no. in the uh, 80s. No, it was never. That was not was a never. thing. And that was a popular movie, but that was, it was a very reference. popular movie. No, it's like, stop trying to make that a thing, Robert C. Cooper. <laughs> he probably wrote it. He probably wrote the movie and wanted people to remember it. <laughs> you, you look like a book. A, a book? Yeah, you know, John Book, Harrison Ford's character in The Witness. Oh. <laughs> Come on. What is this That's a watching? thing? <laughs> I don't know. I guess he's trying to convey that she's like an unsupervised, like surly youth hanging out on the streets and she gets to rent R-rated movies. <laughs> or she has access to HBO. And she, and she, chooses, and she chooses to watch The Godfather. <laughs> <In> the Witness. <laughs> and James Bond. I mean, there are people... Literally standing there, men in black uniforms. Yeah. Men in black came out a That's year before, you know, it's contemporaneous. She would have seen that and she doesn't make any reference to like, yo, what's this men in black stuff? It's like, what's this James Bond stuff? And it's like, yeah, James Bond known for his paramilitary outfits and, you know, unmarked <laughs> white vans filled <laughs> with yeah, stormtroopers. Like or something. Yeah. That would have been a more apt comparison. But yeah, it definitely felt like the. Hello there, fellow kids. Kind of. Yeah, kinda yeah exactly. Like, this, is how, this is how the kids talk. Which, if you get a chance, go back and look up Steve Buscemi's Halloween costume for this year. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also like, uh, so she's got her super soaker, and then um, Teal'c ends up, like, encouraging that behavior by, like, getting her a bigger one at the end of the episode. It's like, here, let's run around these abandoned buildings and shoot each other super soakers. Yeah. So the deal with with super soakers, it's like a, a disposable razor. They 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 basically give you this super soaker for free, but then they charge. It's the watt. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> you just I, I have to idea. admit, though, I, I love. <laughs> yeah. I loved at the end though, where Tilt gives it to her, and of course she shoots him, and Daniel's like, "Well, I guess we shouldn't have filled it." She's like, "Why?" So she can, you know, she needs to be able to defend herself, and then he shoots Daniel. And runs yeah, off. I like that. I, that was that was yeah. that was pretty cool. I like that. Nice to see a little fun moment, right? Yeah. The, and Daniel just Skipper. looks nonplussed. He's just like, really, Skipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked um. I liked the uh, the creature design of the bugs. It's always fun to see like practical effects and those kind of things. And mm -hmm. I like how they have like at one point it's kind of like stapled down to the table, and they're just prodding it yeah <laughs> not your garden variety mosquito yeah it says 1950s sci-fi doctor yeah. yeah yeah i like that the tail is like a scorpion and it just comes back around and stings them so it looks like a yep. fly like a mm -hmm. weird big weird big mosquito fly. yeah <laughs> but then it's got this scorpion uh tail they stand yeah, yeah. And its evolutionary, like, design or whatever you want to call it is not very well thought out because if it transforms everybody, all living organisms on the planet into bugs, like, what does it eat? Each it's other. like, even, even viruses adapt to be less deadly so they don't kill off the host over time. I think but, they just thought, cool bug. Yep. Yeah. Good people. Yeah. yeah it, is, it is a better design, though, than a, I don't remember what episode of it is, but it's um one of the new Doctor Who episodes where there's like the bug on uh, one of the companions backs. I don't remember, but 
it's like an interdimensional bug. That's oh, like the time bug. Their... Yeah, the time, yes. time bug on, on the back of uh, uh, Donna. Right. Donna Noble. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like a giant rubber beetle. Like they didn't even try to make it look like an alien. Yeah. yeah it's like she moves around yeah. and it flops. That's the only way you know it's alive is because she just moved in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at least there was a more thought put into design than that. I, I just just remember to speak going back to Mayborn, though, his his line where he's meeting Allie and he goes, I'm with the United or I'm from the United States of America. You know, your government, the good guys. And it's like. And she's, yeah, right. Everybody else is going, yeah, sure. The good guys, the government. Yeah. <laughs> well, that she doesn't like, yeah, that definitely speaks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it definitely speaks to like, you know, like Canada, like shows filmed in Canada, produced in Canada at the time. And, you know, to the current day where it's like, you know, they always have to wink at like, like we hate the U S you know, <laughs> but. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like seeing like the power play between Mayborn's unit and the SG one unit and the, the back and forth they have there and the tension there. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see that developed more. You definitely see a lot more, more Mayborn and, and he, he does. It's hard to believe become actually a bit more likable of a character. He's still a jerk, but he's a likable yeah. jerk. Yeah. He definitely becomes the Enkidu to uh Jack's Gilgamesh at some point. So nice. <laughs> yeah. Good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fun times. Um, did you have any so, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, plenty power brand batteries. Like, what can't oh, they yeah. do? Yeah, exactly. And, and Jack, gets, Jack gets off a uh, ER reference, uh, you know, using the shock paddles to revive the the symbiote thing. Is like Dr. Fraser's just kind of like off in a corner of a lab. Everybody else is talking about the main plot, and she's just like staring at this like little rubber snake in a... Sometimes yeah. there's water in the tank, and then when they need to like make the snake move, it seems like there's no water in the tank. It was kind of weird, but but um, yeah, they figure out that if they just like duct tape a couple of batteries together and then put like the leads from <laughs> from each end of the battery into the water, it it, it like symbiotes. Yeah, it only, good, only needs so. a, no, only needs a couple of volts yeah. of energy, you know. Yeah, four point five volts. <laughs> yeah, of course, you, total yeah. energy conversion. Yeah, but. <laughs> Sounds like a line out of like a like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the mutagenic toxin? <laughs> but um but I do like uh you know, Fraser says it was so simple and Jack's like, Well, my work here is done. And yep. Jack's <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That almost felt like they just were like scraping the bottom of the barrel for like ideas and like Batteries. Okay, that that'll work for the plot. We got some prop batteries yeah. here. Let's just use them. <laughs> it was fun to see uh, the symbiote come out of Teal'c, kind of a la the alien. They got it in like the big the big jar, and she's like poking around. Yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, that was kind of distressing. I think the first time I saw it, I, it's I'm, like sitting there going, yeah. "Help me! Yeah, <laughs> help me! Help me!" <laughs> I was I like, was waiting like, for it to uh, put on a top hat and start singing. Hello, my yeah. baby. <laughs> it's a bug hunt, man. A bug hunt. <laughs> yeah, it always it always grosses me out when Teal like reaches into his his stomach pouch and pulls it out. It's just yeah. Yee. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like Teal, you want to drive? Sure. Here's my keys. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he keeps his lunch. <laughs> Can I borrow your cell phone? No, never mind. Nope. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like the, the equivalent of like keeping your money in your sweat, like your sweatpants band yeah. or whatever. Yeah. In your yeah, man, man, man pouch. Their phone in their bras, but... Yeah. 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 <laughs> you nice. So on that note. Yeah. 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 <laughs> have man a... pouch, everybody. Man pouch. <laughs> Hashtag man pouch. That's, that's what we're going to put yeah, this on there. there. <laughs> Uh, uh, did y'all have any other thoughts? Nothing on this, uh, else here. <laughs> okay, so when we first came on, my kids are like, "What episode is this? What episode?" And then it comes on, and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry." <laughs> yeah, I, I did not remember this one very well, and I was like, I was kind of already like fatigued at around the seventeen eighteen minute mark, and then when like. He went into like the 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 hood, and Allie popped out. That was kind of like the last little bit of my will to watch the rest of the episode. Just <laughs> yeah. like, trickled out at that point. Yeah, this is one of the ones I ended up buying on uh, YouTube because Aww. they've taken Stargate off of all of the streaming Ooh. services. I'm still watching. Can you get your money Netflix? back? Is it still on Netflix? It's still on Netflix until the For- until the thirtieth. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit longer. Is it on hmm. Hulu? And that's November thirtieth. Hulu, yeah. Okay. So, well, we just well, I just need to go buy the DVDs. Amazon's going to bring it back. We're just waiting. Yep. But then I got to pay for Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, is Amazon bringing it back? Well, with for the sure? whole MGM deal. Oh, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. They're still that's trying. Why, so, that's why Hulu and Netflix are kicking it to the curb is so that because Amazon's going to. Right. The deals are expiring. Back. Gotcha. Yeah. Stargate not available in your area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to hurry up. It's probably has to do with all sorts of crazy uh, licensing fees. The way that stuff goes, it's always wonky. It's like how uh, at the beginning of the first Avengers movie, the Paramount logo shows up, even though Paramount did not have anything to do with the production of the movie or owns the rights, but they got to distribute it in certain regions. And so Mm. part of that deal was they could put their logo on it. So even though they had nothing to do with the movie, it says Paramount at the beginning. It's always Mm. funny to like hear about all those weird little Oh like yeah, ins and outs of like legalism in Hollywood. Awesome. Uh, on a more fun note, we have some uh, listener feedback. Yay! Paulioni on YouTube, uh, talking about our episode, the Gamekeeper says, "I remember this being a so-so episode and largely a waste of Dwight Schultz. I'm showing my age, but he'll always be Murdoch, not Barkley, to me. It's too well, bad they go. didn't bring him back either yep. in this role or as a different character." Well, he, he needed to come yep. back for a much better role. He really did. I, I don't know yeah. why they picked that particular role for him. It must have been just he was available at that point and they snapped him up. Yeah, it really was a waste of him because he's he's so much fun to watch. And to me, he's definitely Barkley. I've not even ever seen the A-team, to be honest. But I do wish they did. Howie Mad Burdock is, is awesome. Yeah. He's, he's one of the best characters in narrative fiction. <laughs> yes. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to watch many episodes of the A-Team to kind of get the gist of the entire, like, seven seasons or whatever it was, <laughs> but yeah. If you want to know where Stargate gets their awesome, like, I threw a grenade at somebody, instead of, like, violently ripping them apart, it made them, like, fly through the air like a, like, Superman, you know, well, that was a, it comes from, comes that was from a the staple of 80, That was a staple of 80s and 90s yeah. TV. Yeah. Yeah. But Maybe no, that, that, that was... Yeah, that was great. Star Trek or Star Trek Stargate has a history of kind of like wasting their guest stars when they get like a big name. I think probably their best big name, quote unquote, like 
guest star that they've had was Robert Davi in Atlantis. Oh, I, I don't know. Dom DeLuise. Yeah, okay. For, for like a awesome. one-off, yeah. And they had James Earl yeah. Jones. As a voice. The, yes. The, yeah, as the... Your puny weapons can't hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amazing. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh, Lynn um, emailed us at stargate at sqpn.com um, about our episode Korai. And uh, they say, I found your podcast this weekend. For this episode, thank you for discussing the Christian perspective regarding the needs of the many versus the needs of the few or the one. Your conversation clarified for me what God would want from us in that situation compared to the secular world. Keep up the great podcasts. I'm really enjoying them. Well, thank Thanks, you so much. We appreciate that. And that's uh, awesome. That's like what we try to do is, you mm-hmm. know, have, have fun with it, but also give a spin based on our worldview of the stories. Or lack thereof in this case, but yeah. I think there's a lot of deep theology in uh, the, the representation of the bug. Is yeah, sin, you know, sin entering that... into your life, you know, it stings you and transforms you and makes you into more sins. Yeah. <laughs> and, out of, and out of the one man comes the many, right? Teal would give his life for the many or something. I don't know, that's stretching it a little. Oh boy, we're stretching. See, yeah. Allie is kind yeah. of a John the Baptist figure. I don't know. I'm just... No, she's horrible. <laughs> uh, but we always uh, we always love uh, getting uh, feedback from our listeners. It's a uh, great to great to hear from them. And if you would like to uh, send feedback, you can always uh, reach out to us at stargate at sqpn dot com. And we always appreciate uh, feedback and uh, our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Sarah M, Greg T, Margaret B, Nathan A, and Tom G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And you can follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at SQPN. You can also join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, the Tok'ra. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. And thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you, too. Thanks, Jack. And you owe me one. <laughs> like in The Godfather. Oh, I got that reference. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's very, very Kimball of you. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm a total Kimball. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Hi everyone, this is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. 
That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season.